Is this like the, are we recording? Are we going to test it? Are we going to start a new, is this the file, the file? This is the two files. Okay. I think we should do like a count and a clap. This is what I hear okay. just from reading a little bit on the internet. All right. That'll allow me to visually line them up. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Okay. So I'll say one, one two, two three. 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 Clap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't clap on three. One, two, three, clap. Three. One, two, three, clap. Is that cool? All right. All right. You ready? Uh huh. One, One, two, two three. three. How you doing, Ross? Oh, man. I'm doing great. This is episode five of Sam and Ross Like Things. Five. A mm-hmm. uh, show where Sam and Ross talk about things that they like. Uh, I am Sam. And I am Ross. And we both like things. We both like things. Uh, first, uh, we'll start with some follow up from last episode. Yes. Um, there was much discussion on our Slack board about Evernote. Yes. It seems that uh, you are not alone in your uh, love of or like of Evernote. Um, I installed it and have been... I am really open to it and don't know how to dive in all the way. But I'm going to give it a shot. Have you put anything into it yet? Mm, no. Yes. It's probably a good place yes. to, to start. Well, yes. like a what? Do you, do you mind sharing what? Where? What, where did your mind first go of a thing you could put into Evernote? Um, somebody's phone number from a voicemail. Okay. What, can I? I don't want to spend the whole time talking about Evernote because oh, sure, I could. We, maybe we just start a whole new podcast sure. about it. But I am interested. Where do you like when you're working on your MacBook or wherever? Is there like a workspace you use? Like, let's say you got to write an email. Uh huh. Where do you write that email? Do you do it in an email program or do you do it in a third, like a third program? Yeah, I go into, I'm on OS 10, I go into mail and I hit command N. Okay. And make a new email and start typing the email. Okay. A lot of the times, a lot of my stuff in Evernote starts because usually I just start in Evernote. So, like, if I need to write an email to some guy, like that note will become not only the email to him, but like the holder for his like files and his stuff. And usually I'll keep that if I know that like I'm gonna have to go back to it. So that's like the genesis of a lot of my stuff. In there. No, I hear you. I don't keep a lot of reference documents. What I tend to do is like take notes if I need to take notes just to kind of pay attention. Yeah. And then I turn it into tasks if, and those go into OmniFocus right. and those often will result in a finished product that I might keep, but those tend to be more uh, like PDFs. Right. And I, I guess I could keep those. Yeah, man. Them. Still good. Anyway. But but yeah. no, I've, I'm exploring and it is not an unpleasant place to be. Good. I, I'd had a little tiny bit of follow-up on Taco Night. Yeah. Um, we, had several, we had two Taco Nights since our last recording. That's amazing. Yeah. So... Interestingly, and I don't know why I didn't. Did we talk about this? We have Nacho Night. Did we do it? Did I mention no, we Nacho? Didn't. I don't know why it didn't come to mind, but like we definitely have Nacho Night, which I think we, we have done twice since the last time as well. Yeah, that sounds um, delicious. Yeah, I think we're going to take some, some cues from Taco Night and do more. Normally, it's just like I make the nachos and put the nachos on the table and then we eat the nachos. But I like the, the Lazy Susan esque idea of like maybe we should all build the nachos first and then make well, them together. What we've done on nacho nights is not do it in the traditional i guess toaster oven Mm -hmm. but do it on a do a big baking sheet 
not so much that you're cooking more, but you can make like this oh, is little zones. Little zones. Like this is my daughter oldest daughter's zone, this is my younger daughter's zone, this is my zone, and just decorate your own nacho night. That's a good idea. So next nacho night we're gonna do that. And then awesome. we'll have some continued feedback, follow up. Okay. I'm going to open Evernote right now. All right. Because I do have a few notes for today's episode. All right. And I believe uh, you go first. And yeah. Ross, uh, this this week, the thing you like, well, not that you like it exclusively this week, but you'll be talking about charming smiles. Charming smiles. I, I not only like, I love a charming smile. And it doesn't, I, I think... I think it comes from a place of mostly I feel awkward at all times, especially meeting new people or especially in places where there are many people. Mm -hmm. And a charming smile is like a lighthouse of welcomingness from a person. And there are a couple of people I know that have like just the best charming smiles. And they do such a good job of being like, hey, here's a sea of awkwardness for you to experience. And they're like, but look at me. What could, what could possibly be so bad with this this charming smile on my face. Um, so it, and it, my, my wife, Valerie, the original charming smile, not of, not of the world, just of my life. Right. Which is, to be fair, probably one of the reasons why she is now no longer my girlfriend, but my wife is because her smile is just so dang charming that it's like a, it's like a siren's call of a mouth looking at me. Um, <laughs> and she can always tell when, like, We've just met someone for the first time, and she'll be like, "You love that guy, don't you?" I'm like, "What? I just met him." And she's like, "Yeah, but I could tell his he's he had the charming smile, and you just fell in love with it, didn't you?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the case." Uh, as I know from being your friend, that you don't like those awkward situations, and you like me will avoid them. Yeah. Um. Can you describe? the difference because i imagine it's a fine line between the charming smile and the awkward weird smile yeah how does that work i wish i knew like you know how you know how um tyra banks is that her name tyra banks with from top model talk about smizing i are these all the right words i know tyra (laughs) banks from and i know that she's on that show okay that's pretty good two of three maybe with smizing smiling with your eyes do you know about this uh, I don't. Okay, so I think it's there's something in, in. I don't know what it is, man. It's the way your brain processes a face, but something with because you could put the charming smile on. I think, and if you're missing the eyes or whatever, if you're missing some sort of like intangible, unconscious thing, it doesn't come across as a charming smile. And I think if you attempt the charming smile and you aren't a charming smile guy, it definitely comes across as the like, why is your mouth open so big? Like, what is, is there? Are you hot? Are you trying to like cool yourself down? <laughs> Are you like a dog? <laughs> right. Do your sweat glands work? Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's, I don't know, man. It's got to be in your soul, in your heart. I don't have a charming smile at all, certainly. And like, I feel like often I'm jocular or like welcoming, but I just don't have the charming smile at all. Huh. I, what, what makes you feel like you don't have it? Well, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I guess it's hard for me to look at myself as I smile, but like, it's just. I think, I think you have to have a big smile. I don't have a. I don't have a very big mouth, and I have small teeth. <laughs> and so these are facts, man. These are true facts. <laughs> these are facts. Small mouth, small teeth. I think limits your ability to have a good, charming smile. 
you know, if you got a large, not like a big mouth, but, you know, you just got to unleash the happiness on the world from the, from your smile. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but those are some of the factors. That some I'm, of the factors. Yeah. It seems like a, a genuine smile. Would... There's a word, genuine. And I, I'm, I'm like interested in that kind of stuff. You know how they talk about like how phone conversations, I think I was listening to a podcast like with Merlin Mann about how phone conversations are more stressful or more taxing on your brain. This is like a third party science fact. Like he, I think he read a thing. Turns out. Yeah, it turns out that like phone conversations are more stressful or more filled with anxiety. Maybe that's because you can't see those subconscious cues. Is that the right word? The nonverbal cues yeah. from a person's face. So your brain's trying to like fill in the gaps just from voice alone. It's real hard. And some people just are like really, really good at turning those nonverbal things on and making people feel welcome and at home. And I think that's, that's, I don't know if they're doing it intentionally or not, but man, some people are so super good at it. I know me personally, I have been told and seen the effects of not being able to control my face. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, um, where I might not actually be feeling disgust but my face is yeah showing disgust or things like that and i try to maintain a neutral more neutral face which probably comes off as as, as is even worse yeah because i'm trying too hard i i want to ask someone i have like some people in my mind uh my good friend jesse has the most charming smile um lisa sims who's amazing also has like the most charming smile uh do they? I want to know. Maybe this will be my my homework for next episode. I'm going to ask some of these people who have quantitatively charming smiles if they do it on purpose. Like if they go into a room and are like, "Okay, time to flash the game winner," boom, or if they're it's just how they're built. Well, you might ruin it for them. Yeah, I don't want to ruin anyone's charming smile. It might That's be for a, sure. You know, quantum mechanics thing where once they and now they're observing it, and it goes away. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. So I want you to be cautious. Maybe I'll pick someone who has a charming smile, but it's like the least charming of the charming smile. So if we, if we lose it, it's not like... It's bad, but it's not like <laughs> super bad. Right, right. So yeah, charming smiles. I love them. If you, got a, if you got a charming smile, how about this? If you got a charming smile, send me a picture of it. World. World. <laughs> Hashtag salt <laughs> smile. Salt dash smile. Can you have dashes? I don't think so. No. All right. Anyway, round two. Round two. Sam. Yes. Your thing is automatic for the people, which I had to Google is a musical album by the band REM. It is. It is a. My favorite musical album. Hands down. Period. Full stop. Full stop. Dang. Okay. As a complete album, as an emotional album, as a autobiographical, not autobiographical, like the content of the album, but the place where right. Been. So tell um, me, what's the release date, or when did it, um, when did it enter your life? Is probably more important. Than the I think it's date. in nineteen ninety or ninety one. I think nineteen ninety. Um, it was the I for a while. I told people it was my first. CD, mm -hmm. but it actually wasn't. It was my third. The first was uh, Hammer's Too Legit to Quit. Of course. The second was uh, John Williams' Jurassic Park soundtrack. 
Those are those are legit. No need to hide that. They're too legit, you would say. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I wish I would have said. Uh, and the, the too legit to quit album came in, you know, the tall cardboard box because mm-hmm. that was back when. Uh, yeah. Um, and I believe "Automatic for the People" was a gift from a birthday gift from my brother. Was he a big music person? Oh uh, no, I mean he wasn't like big into it, but he was. He's like four and a half years older than me, so he was into music. He was in his music right. teen years as I was coming into initial years, and I don't know where I got REM as a band that I would like. It was probably from seeing "Losing My Religion" uh, video mm-hmm. on on cable TV, and it might have also been in in part getting. REM confused with EMF, <laughs> who mm-hmm. had the hit song "You're Unbelievable." Oh, you're like I love that song, right? But I think I said it's like I want an REM record, and I got it. And so when you only have like three CDs, um, you just listen to them over and over again. And so that album just was on repeat so i know every aspect to it and later i discovered like it's just super good it's rem's first warner brothers record so they signed went from their indie label mm-hmm. irs to uh, warner brothers and it is just structured as a complete album in almost a perfect way so the first track is called drive and it has an arc to the a lot of the rem songs have kind of arcs you know up and down in intensity and the first track drive almost has uh, almost has the exact same internal arc as the entire album Ooh, i like it um and i don't know if that was intentional or i'm make, even making it up but that's how i like to pretend it yeah um and there isn't a single song i will skip they all have their place they're all they all need each other to be the next song um there's an instrumental in the middle as uh, per so many REM albums, they'll have an instrumental and then take you to the next section or side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it just ends with this killer. Um, it And the last three tracks are um, Man on the Moon, which is a single people have heard of. Yes. Night Swimming, which is just amazing. And then my favorite REM track of all is the last track on the record which is find the river which has this just amazing piano part in the background that comes sort of at the the climax of the song the end of the record it hits i feel feelings music feelings you know listening to music with your eyes closed and then the album ends with a pleasant kind of sigh and it's amazing. Um, I love everything about that album. Is the is it a is it a thing where the your favorite song off the favorite album is that your favorite song of all time? Is that one song you just mentioned at the end? Is that the all time favorite song of you? I don't know if I have put it. It's a, my favorite REM song. I yeah. don't know if I've compiled a list of favorite songs. It'd be but up there. It'd be up there, and it's just a complete album when making album was art how long did it take you to to kind of transition from this is just 
necessarily the album I listened to because it's all I have. Mine was Phil, the Phil Collins album with the carousel on the front. It was purple and it had a carousel on the front. It might have been a live album. I don't know why that was the one I had that was on repeat the whole time. But how long did it take you to transition from like the thing that you just had to listen to because what you had and you got tired of Hammer and <laughs> to where you were like, oh, wait, this is like good on its own merit amongst all things? Um, or how did that happen too? Just over time, like, when I got into um, just once I got into talking about music with other people, I'm like, Hey, I love this album. They're like, I love that album too. I'm like, really? And then I'd listen to it again. And then around one of the anniversaries, like there was a tribute album from stereo gum where people covered it. And it's just mm-hmm. like, Oh, like this is a, like part of it was, I was realizing there was a, it had a greater, cultural impact than i was aware of right made me like oh i should like dig in a little bit more on this um and then i know you're familiar with it but did not participate in i guess how many it might have been two years now ago rem thursdays rem thursdays yes which um every thursday morning at 10 a.m i would listen to a complete rem album all the way through in studio album order and talk about it on the internet whether that be Twitter or a chat room and kind of automatic for the people is just still like you see hints of it in all the albums that came before it. And you see traces of it in all the albums that came after. And it's just like this, nothing's perfect, but it is like so well done. Do you feel, I feel this way about um, movie people and writers where, it's clear, or maybe you don't feel this way at all. Do you think REM is still making great albums? This first question. Uh, the band has folded, so they aren't making any more albums. In, into their future, like after the Automatic oh, after, for the Future, you're like... They you, are. They was are their making, arc still good? Like They are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that they were, for the most part, successes. Like I was talking about with my friend Ren the other day of like the later REM albums are still really good. Right. Um, and there are tracks on them that are amazing. And I don't think they were giving up. But um, they're all good. They're still great. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just hit the magic of that one thing. I'm not, I'm not saying they were... and But it didn't seem like they were trying to live up to it. Right. Just that we did this great thing. We're going to make other great things and it's okay if they aren't, I don't even know what their, the band's opinion of the album is, Yeah, but even if you never make the thing that Sam's favorite thing again, that's okay. Yeah. I I always think about Billy Joel and like after he did all his like rock and roll stuff, he just does like classical piano things because like as a, as a musician, that's like what he wants to do. And it's probably honestly, it's like more complex, right? It's a more of like, it's a more interesting thing after you've rocked kind of how rock and roll works and you want to like grow, like what is the next thing you do? And like, I can, I can't relate. I can sympathize to that of being like, I know people want me to write Captain Jack a trillion times, but like, I'm not interested in that. So I'm always interested. I like, it fascinates me how artists move on from something that's clearly super successful into whatever their next Like I'll I'll even like I'll be uh, uh, REM created you know 
a ton of great albums. They are great at making albums. I think Automatic for the People is the, their best work. Much like... Um, I don't think I would ever not enjoy an Elton John song. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, he could just write good songs. But none of them are going necessarily going to be up there with, like, your song. Right. Like, stuff he wrote years ago. Like... Even if it is, you know, just not as good as like the be- one of the best songs ever written, it's still an Elton John song, and it's still pretty damn <laughs> right. good. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Have you introduced this to your family? Um, is it in the playlist? Not really, because the girls like female vocalists for some reason. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and I don't want to ruin it for them. Right. Yeah. I would like my them to discover it mm-hmm. that's interesting um i had another question is it a place to start for people like me who just really never listen to rem it's a great reason? place to start is you that don't need any context okay i mean it's just great sounds like i have homework more homework more homework you can uh listen to automatic for the people okay i and that i like you did another rem tuesday or whatever couple days ago was it a thursday Mm -hmm. last thursday maybe we should do it again this thursday and do automatic for the people you mean a week from today oh today is thursday yeah (laughs) sure the listeners don't know that because i'm going to post it monday though it's hard for me to to do automatic for the people it's not hard for me to do it's just like i all my senses are like i have to type so many words and maybe you can do it from the context of ross is listening for the first time and I will, I will be his, his uh, Sherpa. Yeah, well, or like a, I'll like when you take peyote and you have like a, a coyote spirit animal. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it. Okay. So, Sart listeners, if you want to do REM Thursday, uh, look for the hashtag REM Thurs. Uh, uh, on seven days from the from... current date. <laughs> no, because they don't know what day it's going to be released on. Uh, on uh, July 30th at 10 a.m. Eastern, if that works for you. Sure. I'm into it. All right. Uh, what else? If you guys wa- uh, want to leave us some, if you want to follow up with us, uh, the best way to do that is on Twitter. You can yeah. at reply me, Sam, at Mr. Beefy. And you can find me at Ross Catro, which is R-O-S-S-C-A-T-R-O-W. And you can also find minimal show notes and the episode uh, information and such on samandrosslikethings.com. Dot com. Dot com. That's, a, that's like a, probably a 20-year-old joke by now, right? Yahoo.com. It is, but... Yeah, I like it. Yeah. All right. See you in a fortnight. I love you. Bye.